You know what I'm going to be doing this time tomorrow? Uh, you're going to be taunting me from Disney? Uh, I'm going to be wearing my shawarma shirt, and I'm going to be eating shawarma. <laughs> Are you? A, is it? Is there? Is there any shame associated with wearing the shawarma shirt while eating shawarma? Is that like wearing the shirt of the band that you're going to go see? Is there any kind of taboo there? Wait, is that a taboo? Because I do that too. Oh, okay. So you're that nerd. All right. What all the right. fuck? Cool. I'm some, uh, no, dumb. own it. It's fine. It's not awkward. It's cool. Wow. wow you know what um i hate you (laughs) do you remember do you remember uh in the cast your mind back in the wayback machine uh when we went to go see tenacious d oh my god one of the best shows ever (laughs) it was such a good show but there was that one dude in the crowd that would like the whole show for like an hour and a half play the metal oh yeah play the metal and and then they played the metal and then they played the metal and yeah. that that man i wanted to find him in the crowd to see if he fucking exploded like the dude in scanners like <laughs> god <laughs> you finally got what you wanted they played the metal i remember us walking into the auditorium and looking at the stage props and going that's a that's a penis. That's a penis on the stage. And the grand finale was it a spitting confetti out on the top all yeah. over us. And uh-huh. yeah, great show. Good times. It was such a good show. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's how I like to spend my Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. We should intro a show. You want to intro a show? Uh, let's intro the show. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show. And, dude. For fuck's sake. It's like hitting a speed bump at high speed. I, I hit it in my brain and I can't. <sighs> Stephanie, if Peggy can uh, can do it, so can you. If Dottie can creepily introduce herself as Peggy Carter in the mirror, <laughs> then I can introduce myself as Stephanie, the woman half of the show who cannot pull off a fucking intro there you to go. herself. There. there you go. There you okay, go. cool. Go. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Chris. I'm that gay man and Dottie mm-hmm. sexual. <laughs> and Stephanie... Mm-hmm. Never used one of these before. Open wide. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first things first. Um, before we get we jump into this, I feel like we need to we need to come clean with the audience. Okay, I feel like we need to clear some air. Oh. Uh, we we need to we need to, we need to be honest with our listeners. Okay, uh, because up to this point. I you let me know if you agree and how you feel. We haven't discussed this. Um oh. up to this point, I feel like we have been like in that first week at a new job where you're like you're on your best behavior and you're just being as smart and on top of everything as you possibly can and you try a little too hard because you really want to want to do the best you can so that you you know, the people that hired you feel like they made a good decision. Okay. You know? Okay. 
Uh, and I feel like that's kind of where we've been with this podcast for the past six episodes, five episodes. Well, yeah. I mean, actually, I, I agree completely because, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but a certain topic came up and it forced me to come to the realization about the the difference between Marvel, Marvel and Star Wars. Uh Um, now before Disney took over Star Wars canon, quote unquote, was a fucking mm-hmm. mess. Like, what is yep. official, what is not official? There are different classifications of canon, yada, yada. And then Disney bought Lucasfilm, and then now there, there's like, this is canon. This is not canon. And that was mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. So you and I, when we're doing our research on different episodes and doing of, of whatever we've been covering at the time, we have, like, a singular source we can look at and just, like, be like, okay, this is canon. This is what it is. Right. Everything's very clear. Marvel is absolutely not like that at all. Nope. All over the fucking map. Scattershot everywhere. A lot like the uh, confetti at a Tenacious D concert. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to come up again. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, it is. Hey! (laughs) Um, But, you know, so for, for example, let's talk about this right now. Um, the Leviathan, uh, assassin school, women's school, mm-hmm. you know, red, red room, program. red room thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a lot of people coming out of the woodwork and like either agreeing with me or disagreeing with me or being like, huh, I don't understand. And mm-hmm. literally I had like people sending me articles from quote, unofficial oh Wikipedia type websites mm. where everything was contradicted. For example, um, oh. <laughs> one person who uh, disagreed with me sent me this article. Like, be, see, Dottie says she was she was part of the Red Room program and Leviathan. But in the article they sent me, it says that Dottie graduated from the you know Women Assassins program and then and then joined Leviathan, which implies that they're not one and the same. She that had they're to, different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and then of course. Um, I went down a rabbit hole to try to find an official, like, where where is Leviathan at right now in the MCU with the upcoming movies and programs? And the thing is, is that it's it's vague right now mm-hmm. because that could be some, like, uh, I forgot her her character name, but Julia Richard-Dreyfus. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she's supposedly That's could be. not <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, Richard-Dreyfus is a whole other person. Oh, my bad. Uh, the, <laughs> the Seinfeld chick. <laughs> That's how- yeah, she. I think they're, they're not clearly defining Leviathan as it stands right now in modern times because they might want to play that card later. Exactly. Um, and then, of course, like, you know, there are different versions of Leviathan in the comic books because there are different multiverses. Um, right. Just like there are, like you know, uh, I I got in I got into a few uh, gay friendly disc Marvel discords, and I'm like, hey, I'm doing this Marvel podcast. I really need help. Is there like Marvel experts here? And of course, everybody you know raised their hand <laughs> electronically. Oh, and I asked a question, like, what is the deal with Leviathan, um, the Soviet Union, and um, you know the Black Widow project? And it was just all over the fucking place. And it was like, you know, arguments upon argument. I wasted two hours of my life reading chat. I just literally asked a question, didn't type anything after that, and watched nerds just go at it. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is going to be our ongoing challenge with uh, doing Marvel stuff. Is, like, intentionally, there are different, like, multiverses. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just the, the character Wolverine has various incarnations now. 
The, Mm -hmm. you know, the Spider-Man character has many different incarnations now. So Mm -hmm. that's going to be our challenge moving forward, especially as like Stephanie, uh, y'all, if y'all don't know, Stephanie made this wonderful spreadsheet of all the shit we're going to (laughs) cover in chronological order. Oh, shit. And then one trailer comes out and fucks the whole thing up. (laughs) So like we're this is just going to be our challenge. So folks are looking for accuracy with this show. We're going to do our best. But like. Shit is literally changing like every every couple yeah, months. The situation with the MCU canon is persistently evolving. So we're going to cover it in chronological order as best we can. But you know what? Sometimes we're going to get it wrong. And sometimes we're going to get little facts wrong. Yeah. And that's because we are um, two dumb bitches with microphones. So... Um, but yeah, it was that's that's the point you wanted to address was that we're not going to be perfectly accurate marvel scholars right and 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 quite frankly you can't be right now right because there's shit that's coming that we don't even know about that we can we can only cover what we know now well i love that you were going for like this really like like relevant and totally like academic point that needs to be made about our content on this podcast that's not what i was going to talk about as what we need to come clean with the audience about oh um, I was going to to let them know, I'm sorry, we've been on our best behavior up to this point. We are dirty, vile, foul-mouthed, horrible, little perverted old people. And <laughs> we have really been like out of respect for Peggy Carter and out of respect for the material and stuff. We've just been like, for us, squeaky fucking clean on this podcast. And I'm done. It is a lot of effort. <laughs> to not to not just lean into my natural impulses on this microphone uh so i i just i the honeymoon is over good behavior done uh and i'm not gonna be completely like ridiculously prepared for everything because also we both have real lives right uh outside of this and then i would like to live some of that <laughs> outside of researching uh stuff about marvel so you know what we're just gonna go through the stories and love the stories and try and get the information as, as accurate as we can if we're if we get something wrong let us know on any of our social media and we will gladly accept the correction and talk about it in our next episode right give you a shout out yeah, so and I, I yeah, I agree. Maybe we are rich, we are dirty around. ass huh? bitches for the record. <laughs> okay, anyway, so all of that that rambling discourse about ourselves uh is to say, um I hope you're still listening. Because <laughs> we have a we have an episode of Agent Carter to talk about. Yeah, we do. We do. We sure do. <laughs> okay, are you ready to move into that? Let's are do we it. are we done? Let's, okay, cool, let's cool, go. cool. All right. Um so today we are we are moving through the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order as best we can. Uh, so that means that today we are on Agent Carter season one, episode six, A Sin to Air. Dun dun dun. So um, immediately I had to I had to do a, a deep dive into the internet to find out what the hell a sin to air means. Yeah. E, it's like ERR or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. because it's like to err is human, mm-hmm. to forgive divine. Like that's that's the air they're talking about ERR. But it is a reference because everything, all of the titles here are references to to fucking spy shit, right? Mm-hmm. So a sin to err, as in a s i n t o e r, a sin to err, spelled that way, is a mnemonic device 
used by the Soviets during World War II as part of one of their code ciphers. Whoa. Yeah, it involved, you, they memorized a sin to air because that helped them memorize the eight most commonly used letters in the English alphabet. Wow. Which is A-S-I-N-T-O-E-N-R. Those are the eight most commonly used letters in the English alphabet. So a sin to air was their mnemonic device. And um, I mean, I guess it's better than like, if you mix up the letters any other ways, it would be like toes in air uh, would be another (laughs) one. Uh, Rotsaina. (laughs) Like this, a sin to air was was probably their best option. I have a question for you. How much time did you spend on this particular rabbit hole? So then that's the title. (laughs) That's the title of the show. <laughs> and um, so we'll move on then uh, <laughs> to the production side of the show. Just real quick, because we keep changing directors and writers every episode, right? right? So this episode is directed by Stephen Williams. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, we're we're getting veteran TV people to, to handle each episode of this show. Uh, Stephen Williams directed 26 episodes of Lost. Okay. He has he's directed episodes of Westworld, The Walking Dead, How to Get Away with Murder, and two episodes of Watchmen, a show on which he was also an executive producer. Oh, cool. I fucking love Watchmen. I haven't seen it. Oh my god, girl. Not the movie, the series. The series is fucking amazing. I like the first two minutes of the movie a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so... <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, Watchmen's, Watchmen's fine. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, what's their... What is uh, this... Like, that this person's more of a 2000 director? Because we've been talking about, no, like... He's actually been working for a long time. Oh. Um, it's just that clearly was able to evolve his style. If he's able to handle shows like Westworld, uh, sure. he's able, if he's able to handle the walking dead and, you know, 26 episodes of Lost, like he's evolved away from the nineties, nineties style. What's his fuck that directed the episode two episodes ago, clearly got stuck in that style and was like, it fucking works. I'm not going to change it. Mm-hmm. It ain't broke. I'm not going to fix it. And like, maybe some things need to be fixed, dude. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, this episode is written by a lady by the name of Lindsay Allen. I assume lady. I wasn't able to find any any pictures. I shouldn't assume gender. I'm sorry. A person by the name of Lindsay Allen there. Um, this this person will go on to write or story edit eight more episodes of this show. Oh, cool. Yeah. And some consistency, finally. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, and they uh, also wrote episodes of Arrow. And did you know that MacGyver got rebooted? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, it, I watched an episode. Baby, they had five seasons. I know. I, what? You know, I, I'm i kind of spoiled because in Southern California, just because, you know, the entertainment industry, the heart of the entertainment industry is here. Mm-hmm. You know, the the billboards are covered in shows that are coming out or, you know, new seasons of shows. So right. it's really hard to miss what's coming out out here as long as you drive around a lot or you take the train like I do. Um, mm. You know, that's by design. Uh, so I can understand in, in today's day and age with all these different streaming platforms and cable channels, et cetera, that you would miss, you know, shows that have happened because there's so many, you know, it's how could you keep up with everything? Exactly. And like nobody I'm very attracted to 
was involved in the show. Absolutely so. no one. Absolutely no one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, she wrote some episodes for MacGyver. <laughs> so I'm not going to blame her for that because I really like this episode. I did too. Uh, I did and too. so I really appreciate the writing in it. So uh, do we want to get into uh, the episode? Yeah, I have a little intro. Oh, that's right. You have a previously on. Please give us the previously on. <clears throat> Agent Carter on the move. After returning from Europe, Peggy is desperate to uncover the truth about Leviathan after bringing Dr. Victor with her. Ivchenko. (laughs) Ivchenko. Meanwhile, Agent Sousa is hot on discovering Peggy's uh, status as a double agent, but neither Agent Carter nor Sousa realizes how close the enemy is to the gates. All I heard from that is Agent Sousa is hot. Oh, that's correct. That's that's the that's the relevant phrasing, I think. I uh, the, the original version of this intro is Dottie is awesome, Susa is hot. Yeah, and those are accurate statements. <laughs> there is no way of no the why. board. Okay, so our very first scene uh, is a flashback. Russia, nineteen forty-four. Yeah, we are still in the throes of World War Two. Yeah, featuring Dottie Underwood looking like a sexy, terrifying badass. Uh, heavy, heavy emphasis on terrifying. Yeah, no, she's really scary. And so there's like a bunch of a, a bunch of dudes, uh, like four dudes and a lion in a chair, and they're basically being strong armed into joining Leviathan. Uh, one of them tries to opt out, and Dottie straight up murders him. Which is. <laughs> Okay, so I had to laugh a little bit at that because I I, I, I kind of head candid this. I was like, "What if there's a guy in that room who hated his life and also hated his family?" <laughs> like after that dude gets like, no, after that dude gets like stabbed right in front of him, another guy's like, "You know what? I want to see my family too." <laughs> well, that's, the that's kind of because person I am. That's because you're terrible. I am. Uh, so so yeah, the the guy was like, "I don't want to join the Vyth, and I have a wife, and I have four daughters." And the guy and the scary Russian man who's running the situation is like, oh, would you like to join them? Oh, it kills him. Is like his family will join him later. So another guy that's in the row of chairs is uh, Dr. Ivchenko. Right. So we cut to him. He's telling this story. And it's interesting that Dottie Underwood is in this flashback. She is clearly not named in the storytelling. Like. But yeah, well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of hit number one right there. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I didn't. I mean, we'll talk about that later. But I didn't see that coming. But like, uh, I can't wait. Okay. Um. And so the doc uh, finishes his story with, and that's when I realized the monsters are real, and there are none more terrifying than Leviathan. And Dooley says, "I fucking love all of Dooley's lines." Okay. I know. I hate it. Dooley says, "Here, I thought it was just something they told the apple knockers to scare him." <laughs> so guess who had to google apple knockers oh no you didn't heather i did oh, in my fact God, Steph. have to google apple knockers before we get into apple knockers i do want to call out that there was a general fyodor in there in in that sure in, in that story he's not named but yeah well in the uh i i had the captions on when i was watching the oh. show because sometimes i'm just I, i've decided there's way too much shit happening i might as well like see people talking like in text, so okay. the character name is General Fyodor. There is mm-hmm. a uh, a um, Russian uh, uh, Marvel comic character called Fyodor Dostoevsky, who oh. is the Mad Thinker in Marvel comics. Huh. Uh, who, is he Leviathan? I again, I 
I oh, who knows? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's no there's no pin in that shit down. Yeah. Uh, all I know is that he murdered a bunch of people in a place called Rain, uh, Rain, New Hampshire, in an issue of Marvel Teen-Up number 129 that came out May 1983. Oh, I do not well, know right. if it's the same, if it's a reference to that character, because General Fyodor would suggest that Fyodor is his last name, and this character had Fyodor as his first name, and that's all I that's all I got. Oh, okay. Um, so apple knockers, uh, it, it either is slang for baseball players <laughs> or, or as is more likely the, the use in this case, uh, it just means idiots. Yeah. Like people who are stupid or apple knockers. So that wasn't as like, like a, the cool detail. It's like it was a, gonna <laughs> it's like a, like a dumb jock kind of. Yeah. Insult. Like yeah. a dumb jock. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Go. Um, so Peggy is taking over this interrogation. She's being, she's very aggressively pursuing the, the angle of, of the little girls. Like too aggressive. Like too aggressive. Uncharacteristically aggressive. Well, cause she's on, she's like a hound on the scent, right? Like she knows she's onto something here. Right. And so she's like, she's just badgering Ivchenko about the girls and to the point where Dudley has to pull her out of the room and be like, the fuck are you doing? Yeah, though something trigger, triggers her when the doctor is explaining that Leviathan wants to create chemical, mechanical, and human uh, weapons like that. Human, no, he says chemical, mechanical, and biological. Biological. She's like, human? Did you, how about human? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which triggers Peggy because hello, Captain America. Are they trying to make a Captain America? Um, I don't. I didn't pick up that as a. That's, that's as how a I took it. At all. Well, there you go. I think she was just focused on the fact that they found a school where little girls were being indoctrinated to become murderers. Yes, because women are easily taken for granted, according to the doctor. Yes, they are easily overlooked. And that is correct. And that is entirely Peggy's MO. Right. It's using the fact that people overlook her. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Peggy's like, no, you don't understand. Uh, this is almost the, this program where they train women to be fucking Russian spies is exactly how they got to Howard Stark. He's not a traitor. He was manipulated by a Russian spy. Right. He's a notorious womanizer. Of course, this is how they did it. Yeah. And she also brings up the fact that Kaczynski was killed by a gun that's smaller. That's that, right. That would yeah. Be, that would be more appropriate for like somebody with smaller hands to hold. Mm-hmm. So... And so Dooley is, she basically, she convinces him because at first he was like, would you just shut the fuck up and stay out of this room? Like, I'm trying to stop threatening my position as your boss here. Stop. (laughs) And by the, by the time she's done explaining all of those points, he's like, okay, no, you're right. Chase it. Run, run with it. Do your investigation. And she's, she's just shocked into silence because he has never, ever done that. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But and so it's great on the one hand where he's like, yes, I respect your abilities as an agent and I will let you run with a lead that you think you have. But then he follows it up by putting his finger to his ear and going, would you look at that? You really can't keep your mouth shut when you try. Uh, oh, fuck you, man. Fuck you, motherfucker. I hate you. I mean, it's it's always two steps fo- forward, three steps back with this fucking that's guy. What, and that, yeah, that's uh, yeah. We've, we've talked about that before that. These characters are sometimes I love them. Sometimes I want them to get hit by a fucking truck. <laughs> it's almost like they're real people or something. I know it's frustrating. I want full, <laughs> I want full fantasy characters, not this bullshit. Yeah. What 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 about my my two and a half dimensional at best Star Wars characters? Where the fuck are they? <laughs> so this is what happens when you get characterization. You get this bullshit. <laughs> Damn it! Speaking of characterization, our friend the actress Angie. Aww. 
is at the diner reciting a monologue. Yeah, so question for you. Did you start to convulse and break out into hives when you heard what she was saying? Because I did. Uh, (laughs) I was about to say, no, but I broke out into hives. So yeah, (laughs) fucking. (sighs) So um, listeners, I'm not sure how many of you had the same experience that Chris and I did. But back in the day, high school, was it high school for you, Chris? Uh, Junior junior high, high school. Uh, I was a junior. I was a junior in high school. There There you go. go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, in high school where we had to study (laughs) *A Doll's House* by Henrik Ibsen. Yeah, would you like to know about *A Doll's House*, Stephanie? Because let's pretend that we didn't have to write a fucking paper about it and also memorize uh, Act Three (sighs) of that horrible fucking scene at the end. I had an awful teacher who hated the play in a in a really sexist way. Oh. And so that soured the whole thing on me. But what have you got? Tell, tell I, me. What. I had a, I had a, I had a great teacher who was like, "This is supposed to be a feminist play, but it's not." <laughs> it was 1870s feminism, yeah, 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 which is trying, but it's falling well short. But anyway, what have you got? What have you got? Yeah, yeah. So, *Adult's House* is a mm-hmm. three-act play written by Norwegian playwright Henrik Ibsen. It premiered three at the Ro- acts of these people talking to each other about macaroons. And about the children, <laughs> and about the piano, three acts. Anyway, sorry, go on. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> I hated this. I, I don't. I'm not a fan of this play. Anyway, uh, it is a. It is considered a feminist play. It came out in 1879. It was basically an extremely controversial play for yeah, its I was, time. I was about to say it was super scandalous. It was right? extremely scandalous. In fact, uh, I read things I didn't even know about it, and I wrote a paper about it. Go figure. <laughs> uh, when I actually cared about it, reading about this, like unlike in high school, um, they had to write <laughs> different. Did you know that they had to write different endings of this play based on which country it was going to play in? No. Yeah, like Germany, they totally like they live happily ever after instead of like oh. instead of what's her name walking out and him pretending that she's not going to go kill himself, kill herself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go figure. Um, yeah. It's almost like media has been censoring its content for its audience since forever. Forever. Yeah. Well, Shakespeare had to do the same fucking thing when when uh, he actually did the few productions he did outside of the Globe Theater. He had to do different versions of his own plays. Because mm-hmm. you know more working class people, yada yada. That's exactly yeah. I mean, anyway. So Doll's House is supposed to be like this big. Uh, it essentially it's a married, uh, it's a woman that's in a marriage of convenience. Blah 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 blah. Things don't end well. Um, in a uh, and that's it. That's all. I'm, that's all I care to say about it. It's, right. It's a terrible fucking story. The the reason it's included here is because we are being reminded that Angie is an actress, uh, an aspiring actress, but uh, Broadway isn't biting uh, and isn't buying what she's selling. Um, but also, it's a feminist play, so of course that's the play that she's quoting here. Right. So and, that's and, that's just why it's happening. That's why this has been inflicted upon us. And also, uh, a doll's uh, a doll's ha- a doll's house was going to make its Broadway debut oh. in the it, during this time period. Um, no fucking way. That's awesome. Yeah. And unfortunate, oh, unfortunately man. for Stephanie and I, this shit comes back to Broadway at least every seven to ten years. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, okay. Here's one good thing that COVID did. <laughs> they were going to do a revival in 2020 on Broadway, and COVID killed it. Thank you, COVID. Thanks, Every- COVID. 
All of that was worth it then, because God No, damn. it was no, not. No, it was not. Up. I'm joking. Incorrect and awful of you. <laughs> hey, you said. Okay, so hey, you said I should put my hair, let my hair down. So and I don't even have any. <laughs> you don't even have any hair. You don't have anything to let down. Stop it. Okay, so anyway. Um, Angie gets a spattering of applause from the diner uh, and then goes over to Peggy, who's in the diner, and gives her a new room key because, you know, hers got stolen. Hmm. She doesn't know that, though. Peggy thinks she just lost it. Uh, and then and Angie's like, oh, I'm going to give up on acting. Anyway, here comes Jarvis. And Angie 100% knows that Peggy and Jarvis sit back to back and have their not-so-secret secret meetings. Yeah, Angie's Because there's no missing it. No. Everybody in the diner knows they do this. Because they do it, yeah, because they were doing it for several days before, and it's like not that discreet anymore if you do it over and over again. It's the least subtle thing ever. Um, but anyway, uh, so Jarvis comes in and he takes his seat behind Peggy, uh, and he's like, I'm so glad you called. And she's like, we are just here to work. Yeah. I ain't your friend, motherfucker. Jarvis, I'm still mad at you. Yep. <laughs> uh, and Jarvis lets her know that, uh, Chief Dooley came around and was asking about Finnell. Uh, and we get an extra bit of information from Jarvis. Apparently, Howard Stark came back from Finale deeply disturbed, and that's when he started building the vault from which all of his bad babies were stolen. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And Peggy's like, okay, mentally file that away. Hey, Jarvis, give me a list of all the women that Howard Stark <laughs> boned in the last year. And Jarvis is like, I'm not sure there's enough ink in the whole of New York to complete that request. And, that's and she's fast. like, oh, my God. Okay, the last six months. And Jarvis Jarvis goes, Yes, I suggest we start with the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> so Howard Stark is a big old slut. And like, look, I applaud it. Yeah. I'm in, but I'm we find it. out about how he operates. And, and it's not cute. It's not always appreciated. No. I personally can appreciate a no-strings-attached guy who gives me gifts. Okay? I'm into it. Well, yeah, but if he's giving you, I mean, we'll get there, but if he's giving you a gift and breaking up with you, then it's bullshit. I mean, no, that's what the no strings attached means. We don't even need to break up. You could just not (laughs) call me again, and it's fine, because I'm also doing other things slash people. So, anyway, he just, he, the way Howard, it's clear that the way Howard Stark operates, these women thought that they had landed a millionaire. Right. And no, and they did that not. is not the case. It is a one night stand, which back in this era is unheard of, you know. Well, it is supposed to be. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it it's, was absolutely happening. Oh, absolutely. But it's it wasn't but, it wasn't as like normal as it is today. Right. Oh, it was certainly not discussed openly. And it was right. certainly something that you should be upset about if right. you were a girl. Anyway. We cut to Dottie. Dottie is coming out of the subway. She's looking up at the New York Bell Company building, which is where the SSR is. Gasp. Um, yeah, gasp. And then she turns around and goes into the building across the street where she's there to interview for a job with a creepy fucking dentist. Yeah, so, uh, Dennis gave me, the dentist gave me, uh, sexist, uh, sexist vibes, like right away. Like, oh I- yeah, totally. He kept, he kept referring to the girls. Coming in to interview. Yeah, I like to pay attention. I like oh, yeah. to pay attention to my applicants. Oh yeah, every line that he said was absolutely just dripping with misogyny and predator and. Bleh. And I thought to myself, uh, well, he just signed his death warrant, telling Dottie that he's alone. And of course, she locks the door. She locks the door. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know this makes me a bad person, but I was like, oh, good, he's gonna die. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're supposed to hate him. Yeah, we're I, supposed to want him dead. Yeah, 
And yeah, good. no, that's that's how that's set up, and I'm here for it. I think there should be dire consequences for unwanted grabbing of a girl's knee, but we'll get to it anyway. So let's cut to my boyfriend Souza. He's visiting the prison. Yeah, and he's meeting Sheldon. Sheldon McPhee. You remember Sheldon McPhee? I do. It's hard to it's hard to recognize him without a chair on his ass. <laughs> that, that's him. That's Sheldon. Poor Sheldon. And <laughs> my favorite is when Sousa gets sassy. Because uh, Sheldon comes in, and Sheldon's super shackled, but Sheldon comes in and sits down across from Sousa, and Sousa's like, How they treating you in here? One cot, three squares? Been stabbed yet? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, Sousa? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he is there to ask Sheldon uh, again about the lady who beat his ass. <laughs> Which, by the way, you don't want to say that too loudly in there. <laughs> no, he would. Sheldon would really like for Susan to lower his fucking voice about right. this. Uh, but uh, Su- Sheldon's like, "Why the fuck should I cooperate with you?" And Susan's like, "You get a re- reduced sentence if yeah. you identify." And he holds up Peggy's picture that he snitched from her file. Yeah, because there's there's a lot of that going on in the SSR. I've noticed just stealing pictures out of files. Peggy's got Skinny Steve's picture from his file. <laughs> And at least, well, at least Susan didn't color this one. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't need to. Her hair's already brown I know. <laughs> in this picture. So he holds up the picture and Sheldon looks at it and he's like, oh, yeah, no, that's her. 100%. Yeah. yeah. She uh, and, it, and Susan's like, are you fucking sure? Because Susan, Susan really did not want this yeah, he, to be Peggy. He, he was looking he was looking for Sheldon to shoot down his theory. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He w- he was there to to have himself proven wrong, but then Sheldon confirmed everything. Said that she was there. She was looking for Len- uh, Leap Brannis, and she took the truck full of nitramine. And he says, "She's a cute broad. Well, she's not punching me in the face. Who is she? Not who I thought she was." Moody. Done with that scene. Yeah. So um. <laughs> Meanwhile, hey, hey, Chris, tell me about the Stark special. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we're at the jewelry store. <laughs> I would I, I I when I heard that phrase, Stephanie, I was like, I mm-hmm. want the Stark special, but not that. Special. I know. <laughs> I was like, uh, what's the what's the Stark special? Yeah. Again? Is this like something that would happen at a Tenacious D concert? <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a pearl necklace? <laughs> oh my god what if it had been a pearl necklace oh no <laughs> i like to think that in the writer's room for this episode they really debated whether or not he was going to be giving them pearl necklaces i think that's two on the nose <laughs> well, on the neck anyway <laughs> uh, but it's not it's not pearl necklaces what is he so, so what is the Stark special? <laughs> Sorry, hold get, on. Get, get it together, bitch. <laughs> currently dying. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, so when Stark's ready to break up with somebody, mm-hmm. <laughs> he gives him a really beautiful bracelet. Uh-huh. Like, really beautiful. Like, very expensive. And this yeah. jewel- there's a particular jewelry store, jewelry store that will make custom-made bracelets for all of Howard Stark's women. Mm-hmm. Because they he's call done this it many times. the Stark. Yeah, they call it the Stark special. And so Peggy's like, "Oh my god, okay, just give me a list of every woman he's bought this for in the last six months." That list is two pages long. I was surprised it wasn't just a fucking folder full of paper. <laughs> and just keep in mind, this man has been 
out of the country, a fugitive not shopping for jewelry for, I don't know, weeks? I guess a at month? this point, maybe? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, Peggy's like, holy shit. And she starts cutting people from the list. And Jarvis is like, what? What? Why are you eliminating people? And she's like, these are all well-known, like, established actresses, socialites, and stuff like that. These are not people who would just pop up and be spies, you know? These are people who have a long established history, so I'm pretty sure that they are not. <laughs> Jarvis. <laughs> Jarvis looks at the list and goes, oh, are you sure about eliminating that one? And Peggy looks at it and goes, you think Ginger Rogers is a Russian assassin? <laughs> and, and Jarvis says, we should have seen her eyes when I escorted her from Mr. Stark's villa, the darkest gates to the abyss. Wow. That's a hell of a reference. And you know what? This episode right here is where Jarvis really locks in his role as the C-3PO of this series. I agree. I agree with that completely. (laughs) He's so funny. So, oh my God. Hey, uh, Steph, are you curious about how expensive a bracelet like that would be today? Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, uh, I looked it up uh, based on, you know, notes and stuff uh mm-hmm. twenty five thousand a pop holy shit so this motherfucker is paying 25 grand which i know he has the money but in uh-huh. uh 25 and by today's standards by the way y'all not adjusted for inflation right um but twenty five thousand dollars to break up with somebody mm-hmm. okay well that's why he's always so confused that they're mad he's like i give you a twenty five thousand dollar bracelet he doesn't know the price like, of the fucking bracelet. No, he doesn't know. But he's like, it was a really nice. That was it. He thinks that that was thoughtful enough. Right. This really great bracelet. And it doesn't even occur to this, this beautiful idiot that giving all of these women the same bracelet is shitty. And also maybe don't have the, your butler deliver to them a bracelet and then escort them out. Right. But we will see this behavior. It's apparently fucking genetic because Tony's going to do the same shit when right? we get to Iron Man. Hell of a callback. Yeah. And the thing is, there's no way Tony observed this behavior because right? Howard Stark dad- was happily married to his mom by then. Like his dad is super strict with him, right? He's like, like the, the Howard Stark I know in the movies or in the mm-hmm. later movies is so different than the younger Stark. Right. So. Right. Well, having having a kid and having all of his inventions turned into horrific war machines and stuff and, you know, getting married and settling down, all of that really changed a man. Like, I, yeah. you and I are not the same people we were 20 years ago. No, true. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he didn't want he didn't want uh, his son to turn out like him, which. Right. Uh, which, he, uh, he did and he didn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's its own thing. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so that they are they have a list of women that they're going to go uh they're going to go question. And right. Jarvis still isn't clear on exactly why, but he's helping. Right. Um, meanwhile, back at the dentist office. Oh, here comes my, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in this episode. <laughs> so, look, when a man wants to use his position, his professional position, as a way to move in on a young, bright-eyed girl, uh, they are absolutely exactly this obvious. Yeah, I There agree. is nothing exaggerated about this scene. Well, I mean, the, I mean, except I, for the end, the drill. <laughs> yeah, but the the way he's talking, the way he just leans over and helps himself to her knee and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that is a hundred percent exactly how uh, dudes in office situations that are that are that want to prey on the younger women uh, in the workplace. This is exactly how obvious they are. Yep, every Today. time. Every time. Yeah. 
I uh, <laughs> I have to do HR stuff sometimes, mm-hmm. and like every and unfortunately, it, it, this is like always been the thing that's come up throughout my career, and it's always stunning to me when I have to sit the dude down. And yes, it's always dude. Sorry, and uh-huh. it, um, uh, when I sit the dude down, I'm like, do you realize that what you did was totally and fuck fucking inappropriate? And I always get the same fucking answer, no matter no matter how old they are, what their background is, etc. What's the big deal? Every fucking time. Yeah, can't she take a joke? Whatever. What's the big deal? I don't understand. I was just flirting with her. Yeah. I was just paying her a compliment. Yeah. With your hand. Right. Anyway. You're her so, fucking boss, motherfucker. You're not supposed to do that's that. That's why... That is why this scene is so satisfying mm-hmm. and why I am disinclined to ever view Dottie Underwood as a villain. Ever. I am here to support women's rights and women's wrongs. Right. With this woman because she sure does, the second he puts a hand on her, break his thumb, flip him around, throw him in his dentist chair, uh, shove a bunch of gauze in his mouth, grab his drill, turn it on, and start going towards his face. Never used one of these before. Open wide. What the MCU is got really good at eventually is not just going for the classic "I'm a villain because I'm evil." Mm-hmm. I'm an antagonist because I believe what I'm doing is right, and it happens to run into the the uh, the heroes. Right, like Thanos believed in what he was doing as a right. as a essential way for the universe to continue. There's a mm-hmm. saying in professional wrestling, uh, you know, the bad guys in professional wrestling are called heels. And right. um, the saying is like a, a good heel is someone who believes in what they're saying, even though they are being booed by the audience. And they're so right. wretched and terrible and awful. And that is Dottie to a mm-hmm. T. Yeah, she's a bad per- well, She's I assume. I mean, sh- she's she's a bad person because she's, you know, trying to kill characters we love, but she's serving a greater purpose. Like she's serving she's serving her country. She's serving yeah. her people. She she uh, is clearly operating under orders because yes, she killed him, but we will find out later that there was a purpose to that. She right. wasn't actually trying to apply to be a secretary at the dentist's office. <laughs> okay, so then we get to uh Peggy and Jarvis have pulled up to a neighborhood in the car and Peggy goes into the breach and gets out of the car <laughs> with her list. <laughs> And I, and I call this whole sequence a montage of violence. <laughs> but real quick, before we get... Yes, it's delightful. But before we get into the montage of violence, uh, Jarvis doesn't get out of the car. Right. And Peggy's like, come on, we're going to go question these women. I need to look at their wrists and see if they have the scars that indicate to me that they were ch- shackled to a bed as a child. Because handcuffs. And would be... Yeah. They, the, she's looking for the sleeper agents, the the spy. Uh but Jarvis doesn't want to get out of the car because he was always the one that had to <laughs> do the breakup <laughs> that had to escort the women out because of Mr. Stark's tendency to. And then Peggy says, prematurely evacuate. Oh, my God. I <laughs> get it. Get it. Like prematurely ejaculate. Get it. Get it. I get it. <laughs> is this is this part why you wanted to start off the top of the podcast with this because you were going to make because i wanted to say ejaculate in this episode and have it not be too weird that's called thinking ahead that's me that's the extent of my planning yeah i don't plan much ahead but i will plan ahead for ejaculation uh, dear listeners uh 
may I may I point out the fact that Steph didn't think of a fucking intro, but she thought of a whole monologue so that forty five minutes later she can use the word ejaculate. All right, just 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 throwing it out there. Just. Uh-huh. Just, 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 and? just calling that out. No, no, nothing. You know, okay. Make an observation. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> <sighs> so then what happens? Uh, yeah. So they, 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 uh, uh, th- there's a montage sequence where they go to meet all the women on the list and uh-huh. each conversation starts off really bad. Um, each woman is like, you think fucking Howard Stark can like, uh, sell me, uh, like, or make me feel better by giving me fucking jewelry and all this bullshit. And, I would feel better, but well, I'm a bigger slut than these girls. Right? Apparently. I know. Well, yeah these these women have like pride and in themselves and shit. Um, I excuse you. I do too. They're just in the 40s, and it's unfortunate for them. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be 40 soon. Um, anyway, um, so uh, yeah, so. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so the conversation with each of the women started off really bad, really quick, and then mm-hmm. eventually it ends with uh, two times I counted Jarvis getting slapped in the fucking face. Yeah. The third time, Peggy like manages to block the woman from slapping him, but she goes ahead and kicks him in the shin. Which, by the way, I would prefer getting slapped in the face over uh, being yes, kicked please. in the shin. That shit fucking hurts. <laughs> hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. Oh, my God. So, yeah, poor Jarvis gets the shit kicked out of him by these women. Uh, but Peggy uses all the slapping as a handy way of looking at their wrists. Yep. So, she's, uh, <laughs> and Peggy's and- not... Uh, I don't think... Yeah, Peggy didn't block <laughs> block anybody because she didn't want Jarvis to get hit. I think no. Peggy was fine with that. Yeah, she was just looking at wrists. Yeah. And also, shout out to Howard Stark for, you know, some ethnic diversity in his lady loves. That's true. So he loves we, all they, the women's of all, all kinds. the women's. Yeah. Anyway, so we move on. We are back at the SSR in Dooley's office. He and Ivchenko are looking over the schematics, and Ivchenko's like, "Seriously, I don't know anything about." Uh, I'm this. not an engineer. Yeah, I am pretty sure somebody stole these from Howard Stark. Other than that, I don't know anything. And Dooley's like, "Ah!" And he pours them both a scotch. Um, right. And then the doctor starts looking around the room, and you know he's a psychiatrist. He can see the signs. He puts the, he puts it together, the situation in this office, that Dooley is having trouble with his marriage. Yeah, which was alluded to previously when Dooley was saying stuff like, I got the vice president calling me, my wife is mad at me, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and stuff. Yeah, he's been alluding to this for a while. Mm-hmm. And now it is clear that Dooley is like sleeping at the office. Uh, he's clearly, there's there's some marriage troubles and stuff. Meanwhile, this is being cut together with Dottie assembling a sniper rifle in the dentist's office across the street. Oh my god, I was like, I was having such anxiety watching this episode. Who did you think she was going to be shooting? Uh, the doctor. I thought, right. I I thought, I thought she was there to take out the doctor because he was not supposed to leave his cage, and he did. So Leviathan's like, kill that motherfucker. Right. And it gets more and more tense because he's like, I'm looking out the window and look at New York is amazing. And Dooley's like, go ahead, open the window, take a look out. And they start talking about like going sightseeing and stuff. But then Dottie sights at the window. She sees the doctor. She's got him in her scope. But she starts signaling him with a flashlight on her scope. And I was shocked. Da da da! The doc- they are working together. So fucking shocked. Yeah. So the doctor is there to spy. He is. 
Yes. He's a plant, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he starts like tapping out his fingers all weird on the windowsill. Mm-hmm. He's sending her a message back, which she writes down strangely in English. I or eh, whatever. <laughs> I know it's so the audience can read it, but like you guys are both Russian. Yeah, I, yeah. I had the, right. I know. Um, yeah. I, he said, but she writes down. I need more time to get items. New directive: kill Peggy Carter. Bum Because oh. because of earlier when they were at the top of the show, when Peggy was like, "Okay, but tell me about the little girls. Were they making human weapons? Tell me about the girls." Peggy's on the right track. The Doctor Uchenko needs her taken the fuck out. Yeah, I was. She's getting yeah. too close. Yep. <laughs> okay, so Peggy and Jarvis, they have one more name on the list that they need to check. Why is it always the uh, last name on the list? Because that's it's just like when you're what you're looking for is always in the last place that you look for it because you stop looking after you find it. Right. So anyway, uh so they get it's a by the name of Ida something something. <laughs> um they get to her apartment and there's no answer at the door, but Peggy notices the door is unlocked and she's like, hmm, okay, so Jarvis, you wait in the hall, keep an eye out. And she goes into the apartment and then while she's looking around a clearly abandoned apartment, yeah, uh, Jarvis has to face down the demon in the hallway. <laughs> a young boy. <laughs> with, with a lollipop. With a fucking lollipop. <laughs> And that boy just stares at him, and I'm just like, this is fucking awkward. <laughs> <laughs> he stares at Jarvis until Jarvis finally pays him to go away. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, good job, kid. <laughs> yeah, he, well gives him a, he gives him a quarter, which adjusted for inflation is um, literally $25. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that was actually quite the generous payoff. Yeah, the kid was. was like, okay, cool. And he bounces. Um Meanwhile, in the apartment, Peggy finds, like, it's clearly it's been abandoned. All the drawers are empty. There's a pile of mail on the floor. And there's signs of shackles on the bed. Mm, but as- only on one side. So not like fun shackles, but <laughs> Russian spy girl shackles. Hmm. Hmm. Just like Dottie does back at the Griffith Hotel. So, Which Peggy doesn't know, but she's starting to put things together. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so this bitch, she's like, this bitch needs to sleep handcuff? Holy shit. Yeah. So Peggy's like, oh, my God, Jarvis, this is what I found. We need to split up and get more information. Right. And meet me back at the diner at such and such. Would you go, go and break Because she is like super excited and motivated because she is on the, excuse me, on the trail. Sorry, I like burped and hiccuped at the same time. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think I created a little quantum singularity in my own chest. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's hot. Do not recommend. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You need to talk for a little bit while I try and re-achieve equilibrium. Go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Peggy tells Jarvis about the markings on the bedpost, and she's getting close. Meanwhile, back at the SSR office, Dooley and the doctor are talking, and finally Dooley just fucking caves because he thinks that this doctor is a legit psych- psychiatrist, which apparently he could be, but... He, uh, maybe? Maybe, but... He's a, he is a spy for sure now. Uh, uh-huh. So Dooley tells the doctor that his wife has been cheating on him with some dude in Hoboken, which is a saying, I am told. Oh. Um, I mean, they could have actually been from New Jersey, but, but you know, uh, a dude, uh, it's like the, from where you are, the Texas equivalent of saying, uh, my partner cheated on me with somebody from Oklahoma. Oh, okay. You know, like, that's kind of <laughs> the same thing. Fucking Hoboken. Um, so this is where this, this scene where he's, you know, getting therapy 
kind of. Sort of. Uh, <laughs> is where we finally confirm that, yeah, Dooley did serve in World War II. He was an officer. Yep. Because uh, we had wondered about that before. Yeah, and, but, uh, it, it, you know, and I did look this up a little bit. Apparently, every SSR agent has served at, mm. at this point. Like, I, I was looking at, like, because there there's a nameless agent in this episode. <laughs> there's also an Agent Yauk. Yeah, but they we'll talk uh, to him in a minute. But yeah, the SSR recruited out of uh, people who served in the war. Well, there you go. And that could probably be how Peggy was able to get in. Right. Although I think she was working with the SSR during the war. Yeah, she was part of the SSR anyway. during the war. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but the guy, and Dooley is still so pissed. This happened during the war. So this was like a year or more ago. And he's still pissed about it, um, which is fine. Like, clearly they haven't talked. Right. Not a lot of couples therapy in 1946. Um, uh, but what he's really, yeah. yes. Probably no what? couples therapy in 1946. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What he's really pissed about is that this guy was a 4F. Which means that he was rejected for military service. <gasps> he yeah. wasn't physically competent or capable of doing it. Right. Like so, Steve Rogers. Like he, he was, he's a fucking plumber with flat feet. Yeah, Steve Rogers was a 4F. Yeah. Um, and also I found reference online, uh, a 4F from Hoboken. Frank Sinatra was 4F'd and he was from Hoboken. He's so pretty though. Like, <laughs> he's such a pig though. <laughs> yeah, he is. Oh, but God, listening to him sing. Oh my God. Mm. The whole reason and between him and Marlon Brando, I, as teen me, Watched Guys and Dolls so many times. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, because young Marlon Brando was a hell of a thing, y'all. Anyway, wow, off topic. Let's bring it on back. Um, so, Dooley, yeah, he his wife's been cheating on him with a person. Some stuff. I don't yeah. know. I need to scroll through my notes. Where, yeah, no, up, and so the, the doctor is listening to him, and he's starting to, like, you know, t- telling him you need to talk to her and all that kind of stuff. And meanwhile, he's playing with the ring on his finger. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and the doctor's saying, you know, I could... I can help you. Mm-hmm. And Dooley's like, how? And and then so the doctor starts to say, focus. And he's playing with his ring and there's this weird, like, echoing uh dissident yeah. noise. Yeah. It starts to get a little a little tunnely. Meanwhile, outside, Yauk, Agent Yauk, has expressed a concern to Thompson about Dooley spending too much time with the Russian. Right. But back in the office, yeah, there's this, you know, you need to focus. And he's spinning his ring and you need to focus. And Dooley starts to zone out. Yeah. You must focus on the good times. Yes. Think of when when you and your wife were in love and you were so happy. Hmm. And then there's a knock at the door. Thank God. Because it's Agent Souza. And Souza looks so serious. Also, can I just call out real quick? Souza mm-hmm. is so much better dressed now. Than he was at the end of last episode. <laughs> did you go back and see what he was wearing? Yes, I did. Was I it, did. A, it was an abomination. To- it, he really did look like he was dressed like, like what's his name? The energy vampire from what we do in the shadows. <laughs> the uh, beige on uh, beige on beige. Phil, um, yeah, yeah. Damn it, I can't. Oh, what's his name? Shit. I fuck. Yeah. What, what? You know what? I'm supposed to forget his name. It's fine. Yeah. Everybody's supposed to forget his name. He blends in. Um, so anyway, that's bad, though, that Sousa looks that fucking serious and no, it cannot wait because Dooley tries to t- t- tries to make him wait because he wants to stay and talk to the doctor. Um, and no, it can't wait. It's serious. Something bad is about to happen. Yeah. Sousa looks heartbroken. It's so bad. Yeah. And um, I don't like it when Sousa looks heartbroken. I, I, I am willing to comfort him. 
I will hold him close unto my bosom. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Peggy and Jarvis have rendezvoused back at the diner and they are starting to like dish on information. They didn't get any more intelligence about Russian dancer Ida. She's disappeared like in a puff of smoke. Speaking right. of disappearing in a puff of smoke, this diner is clearing out. Which Peggy notices almost immediately. Procedure 791. Isolate the suspect and remove civilians from harm before attempting arrest. See, I wrote (laughs) Peggy's spidey senses go off. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. The SSR is closing in on Peggy Carter right fucking now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so this scene is badass. Uh, I love it. A- I love this scene. Agents come for Peggy, and she whips their fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, there's like four four government agents. She recognizes them as being from Washington. Yep. And she tells Jarvis to go block the door, and then they come for her. And we have two really solid dings on the Peggy Carter impromptu weaponry counter. Although I'm sure there was more. I just missed him because this scene moves real fast. Yeah, it does. She threw a plate at one guy, clocked him in the face. Yep. And another guy, she grabbed his jacket, pulled it up over his head, and then hit him in the head. <laughs> so I'm going to count the jacket as impromptu weaponry. Uh, Jarvis also gets two impromptu weapons. Uh, he does. He breaks He breaks someone with the sugar canister. Or he he uh-huh. takes the sugar canister, breaks it over their head, and then he uses a, a food tray. <laughs> yes. He's been taking notes. He's been hanging out with Peggy too long. She's contagious. Uh, I guess so. And then <laughs> they blocked the front door with a chair so uh-huh. that the agents can't get in. Right. And the best part, the best part about this, we're finally getting back to using really cool fucking music in this show. Because we had mm-hmm. a few episodes where that didn't happen. Right. And I don't know why. But uh, over this scene is a fucking fantastic song called It's a Good Day by Peggy Lee. It's a good day. It was released in 1946, so it is timely and accurate. And such, it's a fucking bop. It's a bop. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, In fact, I, listeners, I messaged Chris earlier today and I was like, we need a playlist of the music from Agent Carter. And then he immediately sent me a link. There is a playlist already on Spotify. Yeah, on Spotify, Apple Music, pretty like I, I'm pretty sure somebody on every music streaming service has made their own playlist and shared it publicly. If you, it's so good. Yeah, if you just do a search for Agent Carter, you'll find the songs that are included in the in the show. I'm sorry I haven't shared it with you, Steph, before, oh but God. I've been listening to this soundtrack on repeat for like the past couple of weeks. It's so good. Okay, um, so Peggy and Jarvis. Uh, They've blocked the entrance to the front, so they're going to run out the back. And then the second Peggy gets out the back door, who's there? Uh, Agent Thompson with a gun. Ever so casually leaning against a wall with a gun pointed at Peggy. And it's because he respects her Mm -hmm. now. He damn well knew. He says, Those idiots from D.C. didn't believe me when I said you'd be hard to grab. Well, he saw her in action. So Yeah, he damn well knows. He, He has a healthy respect for her threat level. Yeah. And he knew that she was going to come out the back door because she's fucking smart. Yep. So he just lay in wait. (sighs) Which is great. You know, thank you, Thompson, for finally, finally treating her with respect. And he gives her the rundown. Uh, We know. We, we know that you were at the nightclub. And we know that you were with Leet Brannis when he died. And we know that you had the nitramine. We know. All of it. Not quite all of it. But uh, not quite all of it. Anyway, so yeah, Peggy apologizes to Thompson and then uh-huh. whips his ass. 
<laughs> and then knocks him the fuck out. Yeah. Flips him over and cold cocks him. He's out. Yep. Good job, Peggy. Uh, and then he t- she tells Jarvis to meet her at some place uh, that she's got to go back Dublin to the Dublin house. The Dublin house. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that was going to be relevant and I didn't remember it. Um, <laughs> but she's got to go back to the Griffith. And Jarvis is like, the fuck are you doing? Yeah. They're going to look for you. You live there. You don't go back to the Griffith. But she's got to go back for why? She needs to get Steve's blood. Steve's blood is still hidden behind the bricks in the wall. She's got to go get it. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. So, okay. Uh, Jarvis takes off. She's about to take off the other direction. And then, oh no, Agent Souza with a gun. Margaret Carter. You're under arrest for treason, espionage, and aiding and abetting public enemy number one, Howard Stark. Yeah. Uh, and this was really hard. This was really tough. I was actually worried oh. that Peggy was going to whip his ass too, because I don't think I could take that, take seeing that. Right. But yeah, but like unless it unless it was going to lead to something a little more hot, yeah, naked. Yeah, of, of course. Wanna... In, the, in, in the alleyway, why not? Fuck it. Yeah. it can, well, you know, I, I've been, I've done that before. I just it, yeah, it's not sanitary. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Oh, you don't lay down. Um, you just stand up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's easier when it's you know guys. It, yeah. True. <laughs> this is just true. Anyway, uh, so he's got a gun pointed at her. He is trying to arrest her. And Peggy just looks at him and says, you're not going to shoot me. And she's right. And she starts to walk away. And he's not going to shoot her. Oh. Because he loves her. He does. He loves her so much. <laughs> and you know what? Same. I feel you. I feel you, Daniel. Absolutely. 100% same. I love her, too. Uh. Uh. And he says, Peggy, don't run. If you run, I'll know it's true. And she says, I'm sorry, Daniel. And she runs. Heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. (gasps) Anyway, back at the SSR, Dooley is being informed that Peggy Carter took down an entire ass team of highly trained government agents. And he cannot fucking believe it. He's beside himself. Also, also he's, (laughs) he's bourbon drunk at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He looks it, too. Uh, Yeah. So he is, like, going off on everybody. Like, why the fuck is Peggy able to whip everybody's ass? Blah, blah, blah. Um, He issues a full-ass manhunt. Everybody. Lock down the city. Blah, blah, blah. Uh Uh-huh. And the doctor comes out, and the chief is like, doctor, I need you to go to the conference room. And I have in my notes, Dooley tells random agent to stay in the room. Okay. So it it seems random because we haven't really seen him on camera much. But this is Agent Yauk. Uh, we have heard from what an about Agent name. It is it's yeah. Um, but we have heard about Agent Yauk for a few times and back in the episode when Krasminski was still alive and he was looking for somebody to cover his shift, Yauk was one of the guys who turned him down and told him to ask Peggy. Yep. And it was the same actor. It's Alexander Carroll is the actor who's playing Agent Yauk. Got it. Um he's done a few things. He's done this and he was on The Young and the Restless for a while. So oh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like like half of the rest of the cast of this show. Young and the Restless. <laughs> like you do. Like you do. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Yauk has been in char- been put in charge of Ivchenko. I can't even talk. And uh, Ivchenko starts profiling Yauk immediately. Immediately, yeah. Uh, and it feels very lamb to the slaughter here. I like, know. Ivchenko feels very dangerous, and Yauk feels very not very not dangerous. So so oblivious times four. Oh <laughs> my god! Right? Will you give me a moment? There's a cat that needs to be in this room right Are now. Are you kidding me right now? I will be right back. 
you know, this is becoming a theme with our podcast where Stephanie has to deal with her animals and I'm going to talk. I know. And she's not going to hear any of this until she edits the episode. Uh-huh. Come on. What do you want from me? <laughs> all I had, all I can do, don't you go back to the door. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> I love her. <laughs> You, you talk to your cat like I talk to my tricks. <laughs> Maybe you talk to your tricks like I talk to my cat and you need to change. <laughs> Don't go back to the door. <laughs> <laughs> she did. I let her in. She walked around, looked around for a second, was like, I'm just going to turn around. I'm going back. Yeah, I Fuck love this. it. This isn't the- oh, I'm bored now. Bye. <laughs> well, she looked up. She was like, oh, the dog's in here. Hmm. Yeah, that's what. It, that's exactly what it is. She's fucking done with it. Anyway, so um, back at the diner, Thompson has come to, and he and Sousa are teaming up to go look for Peggy. Right. Good for them. Thompson is uh, feeling a little shame. <laughs> and he's giving Sousa shit for letting her get away. And Sousa's like, it's not like I could chase her. Right. Well, he's not crunch. wrong. Anyway, so I'm but, one fucking leg, dude. <laughs> like, but anyway, yeah, but they're both smart. They're like, let's. We need to go to the hotel because more than likely yeah. she's going to head back there. Exactly. We need to go see, you know, the Griffith where she lives. Okay, that's where we're going. Go. Um, and this is the thing. I'm so glad. I really feel like this has taken forever to come out. This is a fucking spy agency, and she's a good spy, but she shouldn't be such a good spy. Will you hold on one moment? Wow. You hear this? I do. It, it, your cat's trying to break in again? She is noisily, as noisily as possible, using the litter box right now. I love it. She's, and oh, oh, do you want out of the room now? I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> that meow is like, get your ass up and open the fucking yeah. door. <laughs> if you'll excuse me, of I need course. to go appease my mistress. Fuck. Twice. In one podcast. Get out. This is, this is a saga, y'all. This is a saga, and I'm here for it. I think that our new podcast should be Steph dealing with her wild animals. <laughs> Not wild. Excessively domesticated. <laughs> okay, I don't even know what we were talking about before all of that. Yeah, so Thompson and Sousa are going to the hotel. Right, okay. And the doctor and... says he's observing the agent. Right, Yauk is getting head fucked over by Yevchenko. Are you a middle Back child? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you clearly just want to please people. Yeah, you just want to please. I guess that's vaguely German. Maybe I shouldn't go that way. But anyway, <laughs> he, he pegs he pegs Yauk. <laughs> Shit, he he pegs Yauk as a people pleaser, so, which is a sentence that is so much dirtier than I intended. I'm sorry. Uh, what's wrong? That's, with, what's wrong with being a people pleaser, y'all? That's well, and being pegged for it. Um, that is a different show. That is Agent Carter After Dark. Um, that's the uh, the porn spoof of this episode. Chenko <laughs> <laughs> identifies Agent Yauk as a people pleaser, and he starts doing the "you need to focus" and turning his ring thing. Yeah. At Yauk, so Yauk is fucked. Um, meanwhile, at the Griffith. 
Peggy gets up to her room. She's she's tearing shit apart to get a hold of Steve's blood. Downstairs, Sousa and Thompson and a bunch of other dudes in suits are trying to storm the Griffith, and Miriam has thoughts about that. Miriam is really upset. It's like, no boys are allowed, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. how dare you. And Thompson, I can't help but kind of love him for this right now. This whole sequence is pretty fucking great. Right. Thompson's like, where the fuck is Agent Carter? Where the fuck is Carter's room? She's like, that's that is classified privileged information, and he just rips the fucking room list out of her hand. Yeah, and just looks at it, and she's like, she's in three E. Let's go. Yeah. and and they go upstairs with Miriam trotting along after them, squawking away at them. I want your badge numbers and the name of your immediate supervisor. All of which alerts Peggy inside the room that they're here. So she presumably gets a hold of the blood because when they kick the door down to her room she's gone right she's not in the room no where is she chris she is out on the ledge which yeah you know if you can't fly or you're not acrobatic like say black widow that is fucking Uh scary place to be she's three stories up that's that's 30 plus feet in the air that right. is a dangerous drop, and she's got nothing. There's not like a, it's not Assassin's Creed. There's not a, a handy hay cart down there <laughs> for her to jump into, okay? Right. She's not Aloy. She doesn't have devices where she can just like swing down the ro- yeah, yeah, I get it. She, I get it. She, she's not going to parkour in her 40s heels, and she doesn't have, like, it, yeah. So no, she's Peggy, Peggy's a brawler. She is not a, a, she's not an agile, acrobatic person. Yeah, right? she, she's not that kind of spy. Right. And so, yeah, she's just standing out on this ledge like, oh, fuck, what do I do now? So she, there's a bunch of noise. And so she's trying to scooch down the windowsill to try the, the ledge out there to try and find some other way. And guess who her neighbor is? Angie. Angie. Thank and God. And Angie, Angie opens her window and is like, Peggy, what the fuck are you doing out here? And, she's like, <laughs> and then the agents are knocking on Angie's door and Peggy's like, they're here for me. And Angie gets a look on her face and it's unclear. What does this look mean? Um, Could it be yeah. that she's about to turn Peggy in? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I was, I was like sitting at the edge of the couch, like, like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? Oh my god! Right, but she goes and lets the agents in and proceeds to lie her ass off because Angie is the best friend ever and a great actress. She's a marvelous actress because when it looks like Thompson's getting close to the window and he might see Peggy out there, Angie bursts into tears. <laughs> oh, gee. Um, please don't do that. And it makes everyone so awkward. <laughs> it's so great. And like, like, I know that we we killed some like lady tropes early in the show, but this one I was okay with them bringing up, like woman bursting into tears to make men go away, um, because she's like Peggy was going to visit her sick grandmother, and I miss my grandmother so much. And so she bursts into tears. Susa's uncomfortable. Thompson is really uncomfortable. really uncomfortable. And in fairness, I if if that person was a man, woman, you know, non-binary, etc. Somebody crying like that in front of me, I am Agent Thompson. <laughs> I am like, oh, there's too much emotion right now. I can't fucking take it. <laughs> and and so, so she's weeping and she like flings herself into Thompson's arms and he's so uncomfortable. And Susan leans over to Miriam and he's like, can you do something about this? And Miriam's like, oh, no, she's an actress. I couldn't stop her any more than I could stop Sir Lawrence Olivier. 
<laughs> or just I think just Lawrence Olivier. I don't think so, he was knighted yet at that point. So I suspect I had a suspicion that Miriam is kind of knows that Peggy is probably in the hotel somewhere, and she's trying to help. I don't suspect that at all. I think Miriam is exactly what she appears to be and is doing exactly what she appears to be doing. Okay. Because she's also cussing Peggy the whole time. She sees the hole in the wall well, and she's like, oh, I knew she was no good from the first moment I saw her. I, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that like her speaking loudly through the halls to give Peggy a heads up and. No, and- she's just loud. <laughs> And I think she's also trying to warn all the other girls that there are now men on the floor. That's I think I think that's what it is. I think that Miriam. I don't think she's like, trying to help Peggy. She's trying to keep the peace in her fucking okay. building. I that's yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. So there is one moment while Angie is weeping, <sighs> I know where you're go. <laughs> weeping on Thompson's chest, and Thompson's like, "Please don't, please don't do that. <laughs> please, please stop." And Angie looks up at him with her eyes full of tears and goes, What's your grandmother's name? Gim Gim. <laughs> what? Who the fuck is Gim Gim? Thompson's grandmother. Apparently. Grandma Thompson. Gim Gim. God damn it, Thompson. And then he looks over at Sousa, who's like, Fucking really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The look on Sousa's face is priceless. Oh, it's awesome. So I have a uh, I, I, so I have a note at this point, uh-huh. but I'm gonna wait till the end because I think I, we'll need to talk about it at the end. But I do. Have okay, a note okay. At the end. Meanwhile, back at the SSR, Yauk has drawn a map of the office God. for Doctor Ivchenko. He is spilling all the information about the bad babies and like here's where everything is. Here's everything we've got. And Ivchenko's like, okay, can you take me to the stuff? And like. Yauk isn't completely yeah. under his sway he, because he makes he's like, his wisdom saving throw at least on, on this point. He's just like, on this one thing. Yeah. Because uh, only the chief, like everything's on super duper lockdown. Only the chief has access to the Stark Tech bullshit right, right now. Because remember, his main motivation right now is to please the chief no matter what. So Exactly. So the doctor so, realizes he can't ask him to do that. But So what does what does the doctor ask him to do? So pack up like you're done with your shift. Uh-huh. Go to the bar, drink the best bourbon whiskey you could possibly get, mm-hmm. and then walk into the fucking street and get hit by a fucking truck. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking because brutal. he had to he had to kill Yauk because Yauk might come out of this trance and be able to tell everybody what he did. Yep. So yeah, that dude's fucking dead. R.I.P. Agent Yauk, we barely knew ye. Like we really barely knew ye. Yeah. This is the first time you've really spoken. And he's dead. So we won't see him ever again. <laughs> so, right. So back at the Griffith, Peggy is making her escape. Angie has arranged for there to be a car at the Dublin house uh, where she's going to be going. Peggy is on her way out the door. She turns the corner. And who's in the hallway? Dottie. Dottie. And my heart stopped at this point. <laughs> it should. Yeah. And she's doing her wide-eyed Iowa thing. And she's like, oh, Peggy, where are you going? And Peggy's like, oh, yeah, I got I to gotta go. Oh, okay. Dottie gives her a hug. Dottie gives her a kiss. Which is kind of hot. A little bit. Uh, but then Peggy staggers back and she says, Ew, wearing my brand. Oh, no. Yeah. Dottie is wearing Sweet Dreams 102. Yep. Peggy passes the fuck out. And Dottie is standing over her with a knife. Mm-hmm. Peggy does like rub at Dottie's uh, 
uh, wrist yes. to see, uh-huh. and she sees it the, the the handcuff print. So yeah, she sees she sees the scar from from the shackle. She knows she knows that Dottie is a Russian spy, and she, but she's been knocked out. She's on the floor. Dottie's got a knife. She's about to stab her, and then Susa and Thompson turn the corner. Oh, thank God! But oh my gosh, yeah, yeah but also uh and they're like, oh my God, is that, is that Peggy Carter? And yeah. And, and Dottie's like, yeah, no, this is a, I found her like this. I don't know what happened. Mm. Mm. Uh, Peggy's unconscious. Uh, and like barely, she's, she's a little conscious because they're able to sit her up. Thompson immediately puts handcuffs on her. Yep. And, and Susan's like, she is passed out. Do we really need those? And Thompson's like, yeah. yeah. And Thompson is correct. He is correct about that. <laughs> Because again, respect. Mm-hmm. And so a mostly drugged Peggy Carter gets perp walked out of the Griffith Hotel. My God. By her coworkers. And Peggy is way out of it as she's taken into the back of the car. Peggy is just completely gone. And but when she sees Dottie across the street while she's being taken away in the back of the car, she just fucking mm. stares at her and gives her the evil eyes as best as her drug induced haze can. Exactly. And it's fucking awesome. Um, Then we see uh, Angie, clearly it's sometime later. Angie's knocking on Dottie's door, uh, saying that apparently Miriam wants to have like a house meeting about, you know, what the fuck went down today. But Dottie's gone. Yep. She has cleared out of her room at the Griffith Hotel. Just like earlier when they found that apartment of the last woman on the list Mm -hmm. of Stark's... uh, Stark's maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> the Stark special. The Stark special. Uh, yeah, she's gone. Dottie is going to relocate and probably come after Peggy in a different way. Uh, yeah, things to look forward to. Yeah. So back at the SSR, uh, Peggy is being brought in and she tries to tell the chief that she can explain everything. Chief's not having it. She's being taken to an interrogation room where she is handcuffed to the table. Yeah. And she says, this isn't necessary. You put three SSR agents in the hospital today. So yeah, it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he's right. Yeah. And Sousa lays a picture, the picture of her, not the colored in picture, but a different picture Thank of God her at the nightclub. <laughs> right? The picture of her at the nightclub. And then he sets the Blitzkrieg button ball that's got Steve's blood in it. Uh. On the table. Because that was in her bag the whole time. When they took her into custody, they got that. So that's on the table. And Dooley looks at looks at Sousa and Thompson and says, Don't go easy on her just because she's a girl. I lo- which I love. I love that line. Because it, it means he's taking her fucking seriously. Yeah, there's a lot of... Peggy finally has their respect. Which has some consequences and this is it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the end of the episode. We end what a fucking on the cliffhanger. End. I, I, crazy. Peggy's interrogation. Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> okay, so okay. so Steph. What do you want to talk about? What what is it? Oh god, what? We are spoiled. Are we breaking up right now? No, what we're not breaking it? up. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're I'm attached to you. I'm attached to you, bitch. We ain't going anywhere. It's um, true, it's true. Look, I love the show, but mm-hmm. we are spoiled. You, are we? If if we look at so my favorite my favorite television shows are things like The West Wing, Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls, Battlestar yeah. Galactica, mm-hmm. um, What We Do in the Shadows, and there mm-hmm. is a constant like like feeling in each episode. Each episode almost feels like it's the same. Yeah, it's consistent. This is Agent Carter is not. 
Like no. it just isn't. This and this, it's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. My my and, it, and part of the awesomeness too. Like it works both ways. Um, after the gam gam scene, <laughs> <laughs> I I put a note. It said this episode feels like a Disney show. Wait, what kind of Disney show? Are we talking like? Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? We're talking like... Are we talking like The Mandalorian? We're talking about Lizzie McGuire Disney Channel. We're talking about Boy Meets World. And now I'm picturing Peggy Carter standing there saying, Hi, I'm Peggy Carter. Welcome to the Disney Channel and waving a magic wand in the shape of a mouse. (laughs) But, like, each episode has had its own distinct tone. And while, Mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, I have liked all the episodes except one. That one episode, I really disliked it. So that's kind of like yeah, no, yeah, and it doesn't. So because of this, like we're in an era now where like shows are able to be dis, like distinct and also consistent, like you know Breaking Bad and The Soprano, like all that stuff, right? And you know there aren't too many shows now that have like completely different flavors from one episode to the next, um, as a you know just because modern tastes are what they are, and there's right a lot of continuity. So I did some further research on the show. Mm-hmm. I we totally forgot to mention that this show is a mid-season pickup. I don't know what that means. It means that some other show was canceled uh, like very early in the season and ABC scrambled to get another show that wasn't quite approved yet but for its based on its pilot and they greenlit this show. Just to fill the time. Just to fill the time. Oh. That's okay. why this first season has so few se- episodes. Oh, okay. And it's also why, like, very rarely do television shows that are mid-season pickups, like, make it in the long run. They Some do, you know. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is another one. That's an example of that. Oh. Uh, okay. That was a mid-season pickup show that took off. But, you know, in, in order for a mid-season show to take off, it has to really take off. And Agent Carter mm-hmm. just never did. And I think a big contributing factor to that is how inconsistent these episodes are. You may be, you may, you may have a point because the second season, and we'll see it. I feel like is is a lot more cohesive, right? Because they they had they, more time, right? To yeah, work, work it, they yeah. weren't scrambling. Um, it feels like for this season, like they started off with the heavy hitters, but then after that, it feels like they outsourced a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They so. had like they had like uh, like the first two episodes feel like the the you know the higher ups at Marvel or Marvel movies, whatever it's called, Marvel Studios. They mm-hmm. had their hands all over it. That's why we got the directors we had and the writers that we had. And then, yeah, they shopped it. They shopped the rest out to like people that have worked with ABC for a long time. Well, and they probably they they had to get shit done right fucking now. Yeah, they didn't have. Yeah, they were probably on a crunch. Yeah, um, yeah. The next the next season is a lot is a lot more cohesive. It's a lot more consistent. Right. Uh, but yeah, this this episode was fun. I loved in it. Ways I loved it. That. But but also a little more lighthearted, despite how everything came crashing down oh and like God. some really really terrifying pieces are in play right now in the form of Ivchenko and and Dottie. Um, but it was still like fun, you know. They they managed to, and that's mostly Jarvis, honestly. Jarvis and the Gam Gam line, <laughs> <laughs> and I really just think that just speaks to Thompson uh, being easily disarmed by a pretty girl. Yeah. So Thompson is absolutely exactly the kind of guy that women like Dottie are made to target. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. But yeah, I think you're you're totally onto something about that. Yeah. That's legit. I still love the show. 
Um, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I want, I want Captain Carter to happen now more than ever. Right. Um, uh, and I'm so, I'm so glad I am watching the show. Yay. Yay. I'm glad you're glad. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've got, we got two more episodes in this season. Which is crazy. It feels a- like we're moving through this so quickly. We are. And yeah. then it's on to season two. Um, so is that all that we have for episode six, A Sin to Air? That's, that's it for me. Cool. Next time, we will be talking about Season 1, Episode 7, Snafu. Ooh. I presume I do not need to explain to you the meaning of Snafu. No. Okay, cool. But I'm still going to explain it next time because it's a data point for the podcast. (laughs) All right. So I think we're done here, yeah? Yeah, we are. Look at us getting it in under two hours. Boom. Really? Huh. Yeah. Okay, anyway, uh, let's do the outro. You ready to outro? I'm ready ready to outro. Let's outro. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We appreciate it. And I hope you still are listening. Uh, After all of this madness, this episode's been weird. Uh, But you know what? (laughs) Roll with it. Uh, If you would like to hang out with us in between episodes, uh, you should. I encourage this behavior. We are delightful. Uh, You can find us on the social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as at Marvelous underscore Divas. Except on Facebook or some other bitch has that name. So we are at The Marvelous Divas on Facebook. You can also subscribe to our podcast on any podcast platform, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, if you happen to ha- use a podcast platform that has a review system, please give us the max amount of stars or rating or whatever it's called. And if you use Apple Podcasts and leave a written review, give us five stars. We will read it on the air and comment on it. We sure will. All right. Okay, are we done here? <laughs> We're done, y'all. Thank you. Okay, bye. Can I can I sidebar real quick and, and Absolutely. Yeah. I I sidebarred to my cat's litter box. You may sidebar however <laughs> you want. I it is so fucking irritating to me when I'm hooking up with somebody mm-hmm. and they're just all about just getting them off. Uh-huh. And not me. Ew. No. Yeah. That's not that's not the agreement. I didn't show get a fucking flashlight if that's all you want. That I mean, I, that's what I'm like my left hand is way better than this. Mm-hmm. You know. Like the reason you summon another person is so that there can be like an exchange. Exactly. Like I'm not a total bottom, y'all. <laughs> what <laughs> why do you think the audience needs to know that about you? I I'm just saying.
I go <laughs> I, I go to great lengths to fully document what I'm into in my profiles, uh-huh. and I just expect people to read it. No, you don't expect people to read things. Ugh. Don't expect people to pay attention to more than a couple of lines of text at a, at most, at most, 20 seconds of a TikTok okay, video. I'm Nobody gonna, watches the whole thing. Nobody's I'm reading gonna, anything. I'm, okay. For, Do you know TLDR is a phrase that exists in ubiquity before a reason? Okay. This is a line from my profile. All right. Oh, God. Oh, why are we doing this Because right I'm, I, I need to get this out. Ver- okay. Verse into mutual. Hello? Hello. Do I not know the lingo? Do I not know the lingo? I mean, that's the lingo. I don't know the lingo. Yeah. You, you said words, and I identify them as words, but I'm not sure what they mean in this context. Uh, verse into mutual? Yeah. It's not verse? an analog device. <laughs> what, what, is, what does verse mean? Uh, I'm a switch hitter, Stephanie. Oh, okay. See, I don't know these things. I don't, you, it may shock you to learn. I don't spend a lot of time on gay hookup sites. 